amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the show. This is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio, and welcome into a very special interview with a very special author. She's not just an author, but she's a songwriter. She's in the sound industry and so much more. And we can't wait to bring her on in a few minutes. But shout out to all of our live listeners, as well as to those of you who will be playing back this broadcast. We Certainly appreciate you guys' continued support for this um, for our show and for what we do here. Um, and uh, we thank you guys so much for supporting us. We've been with BTR for such a long time. <laughs> and um, we just um, thank all the folks that stop by and listen in however they can, whenever they can. And we do always tell you guys to drop by Amazon um, and pick up some books or wherever books are sold, even in your neighborhood, in your hood, wherever you're from, um, and start to fill that summer list um, for the upcoming summer months. And as you all know, that reading is very important. So So definitely keep it going as well as to inspire and motivate others to read. Doing your part is very important. And we all, we can't just, look, we all, 
<laughs> we can't say this enough. Read, read, read. It will help you in everything that you do, no matter what you're doing in your life, no matter if you're, you know, um, if you're trying to get to that next professional level, if you're helping your kids, if you're studying for a test, if you're going back to school, if you're trying out for a new job, whatever you're doing, reading is definitely important. So never stop doing it. It will always teach you something about yourself. It will always get you going, and it will always take you to that next level. So keep doing as much of it however you can, whenever you can. Now, today's show is all about the one and only author, Lorraine Devon Wilk, and her new book, Hysterical Love. Now, Lorraine is also the author of After the Sucker Punch and a short story titled She Tumbled Down. So let's go ahead and welcome our featured guest, author Lorraine Devon Wilk. Uh, Hi, hello Lorraine. there. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Sahara? Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to spend with us to talk about your book. I'm really excited. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, before we get into your book, please tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. You have a long resume of so much that you've done, but you can just touch on some of the things that you just want to just put out there because you've done a whole lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. If you live long (laughs) enough, you can cram a lot in there, can't you? Um, (laughs) That's true. Is true. Well, you know, I grew up in a very creative family, so I was always involved in theater and music throughout my school life. And then I moved out to L.A. as a very young adult and got very immersed in rock and roll during the 80s. And that was a very exciting time. And during that time, I was also writing screenplays. So that kind of just uh, moved into the independent film world where I, I worked for a number of years and then got back into music uh, at the beginning of the 2000s, and that ended up uh, with me recording my my original CD, which was a pretty great experience. And then after that, I mean, I, I always keep my foot in music. I'm always writing songs and performing whenever I have the opportunity, which, as I say, is never enough. But I focused mm-hmm. the last few years on novel writing, which was something I always wanted to do. And so um, about five years ago, I think, I started writing my first book, which I ended up self-publishing last year and it's a it's it's a very satisfying creative uh process i i also uh, work in photography and i keep the music and the photography going as much as i can but my main focus right now has been definitely on writing both i have a, a column at the huffington post and i have a few couple of my own blogs and i do a lot of guest writing awesome. and these novels so it's uh it's a it's a very creative world that I've got here, which is wonderful, but it definitely keeps you busy. Um, before you know, before I start asking about your book, Hysterical Love, you 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 mentioned um, the the independent film world. Um, any chance of any of your books ending up becoming a movie? Maybe. Oh, that would be fabulous. I mean, I I. <laughs> 
Oh, I think would be great. I tend to write yeah. very visually, and I've had a couple of people mention that. It's just sort of an acclimation. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the normal introspection and background and exposition that you get in any novel, but I tend to write my prose very visually. So I think both my books, actually even my short story, would would adapt very well to the film format. In fact, Hysterical Love was originally a screenplay. I wrote it as a screenplay wow. a number of years ago, and it was it it was very uh, active. A lot of people were interested in it, but it was never made. And I loved the story so much that when I was looking at what to do for my second novel, I decided to take that story in, that was in screenplay form and develop it and open it up into a novel, which is what I did. It still even has like one little screenplay scene in it at the very beginning of the book, just one little one, but it... Uh, I, I kind of took that as homage to its original roots, but um, it definitely lends itself to a cinematic telling. It would make a great movie, actually. So if any of your listeners out there want to make a movie, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, tell us, tell us about Dan, because I, I just, you know, he just seems, when I started reading, I was just like, wow, you know, he is, Dan is really going through a whole lot of things. He is. Well, it's funny. He's kind of an interesting uh, protagonist, and I've had a very interesting response to him from readers. I've had a couple of readers who uh, found him very sort of aggravating and, and uh, conf- you know, sort of frustrating. I've had other readers tell me they wanted to have lunch with him. They liked him so much. Um, I think he's a very human guy. And I base yes. this character on sort of a, of a kind of a compilation of a number of different men that I know well, um, and and so I infuse this character with a lot of the characteristics of different men in my life, and so he's very real to me because someone said to me at one point, um, I don't know very many men who are this introspective who think this much, and I said, oh, that's interesting because I happen to actually have several of them in my family, in my circle of friends. Um, who are very, uh, very attached to their emotional self, very introspective. And so that was the kind of guy that I was um, modeling Dan after. Um, and I, I think uh, he comes across – I've, I've been told by most readers that have gotten back to me that he comes across as very human, you know, flawed, funny, yes. aggravating, um, applause-worthy. <laughs> so I think yes, good character. I mean, I think he's – I guess I keep saying it. He's human, you know. He he's he's a mix, you know. He's not a white knight, and he's not a black sheep. He's got a little of both in him. Wow! And that that was what I was going to ask you next. Like, um, how did you um, uh, build Dan? And you just answer that by pulling from different people that you that's in your life or that you met along in your life. So I, oh, well, yes, I, I have, a, seen, I come from a very, very real. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad that you felt that way about it because he is yes. to me too, but I understand if readers only know men that are very reticent and very unemotional and very detached from their emotions, they're not going to find Dan relatable. But I think, I think men are as varied in their personalities as women are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I have five brothers, and I was in bands for many, many years, spending lots of time around guys. I'm 
you know, I have a husband, I have a son. I have a lot of men around me who are very verbal, articulate, emotional, sometimes crazy men. And so <laughs> it, it was very real to me. man would be that way, you know, would think a lot and muse a lot and ponder a lot, which is part of what Dan's journey is. You know, he's really going through a early midlife crisis, I like to call it. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Talk to us about um, him being obsessed about finding this woman uh, for um, that his dad had dreamt about. Well, um, I don't want to give away totally what happens at the end of the book because I think that's kind of a fascinating journey that he goes on, but I'll take your question yes. a little bit earlier and <laughs> say that I think that Sometimes I had a really got a really interesting letter from a woman, a female reader, who said to me that the story reminded her of times in her life when she made crazy decisions based on being at a point of turmoil in her life. And from that point of turmoil, sometimes things jump out at you in ways that they wouldn't if you were mm-hmm. calm. And, and I think for Dan, after his own relationship um, smashes into a wall, he's yeah. His father's story about this long-lost love um, really strikes a chord with him, and it it probably wouldn't have struck that chord if everything was perfect in his own life. And I think that's what happens is that it it kind of pricks this idea that we have to we have to be true to ourselves and who we choose to have in our life. And if we don't, if we aren't true to ourselves, it's going to be to our own detriment. And I think he gets that idea, and it just grows and grows and grows, which causes him to go off on this insane kind of journey that he goes off on. Um, but I think it really comes out of his own turmoil, um, which is Absolutely. kind of where the title came from, Love. <laughs> Absolutely. And it seems like it because he meets Fiona. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, um, her character, you kind of, um, you said or called her a flower child, and <laughs> I want to actually one of the where, characters. Is, yeah, where did you pull she from was, to actually build her? Well, she was based on a woman that I knew, um, who was very much like her. She was very, the woman that I knew in life was very beautiful and very much of that kind of earthy you know, flower childy kind of vibe. You know, she was she was very attached to nature and natural things and that yeah. world of herbs and tinctures and natural healing and um but she was also very, very beautiful and so she she men responded to her very strongly, this woman that I knew. And so when I was writing Fiona I had this woman in mind, um oh, wow. of somebody that, that has that tremendous appeal on a visual sense, but is also a very kind and loving soul, too. She's not just a shallow, Mm -hmm. beautiful So I wanted to create kind of a foil for his his previous relationship, and those two things kind of play back and forth throughout the story, as you know, that was a very big big contrast to the woman that he had been engaged to, so that, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really gave him to explore in the idea of who's, who's right for me. Who's my soulmate? Mm-hmm. Who's my person that I should be with? And so that's why I created her as such a contrast to Jane, who was his fiance. I had fun yes. creating. She was yes. 
<laughs> yes. And it and it and it just seemed like um, you know, as I have read like all of your characters, um, I can pinpoint myself someone that I kind of uh-huh. know like that. It just seems yeah. like, wow, I kind of Wow, I know that. Wow, I've been through that. Or something. it just seems well, that's a nice like, thing. To... Like like a life journey. It seems for some reason. Thank you. I well, I think that's a really nice comment because, you know, I write realistic fiction. So the people that I write about are intended to be very real. They're 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 people. They're versions. They're they're they're. You know, they're they're not based on anyone's – I mean, I say they're based on people, but I don't want to confuse readers. They're not specifically yeah. – I'm not specifically writing about any one person. I'm using traits and characteristics, as every writer does, of the mm-hmm. people that cross paths with in life. But for me, in the style of book that I do, the style of writing that I do, it's very important to me that the characters do become recognizable to people. They, do, they are the yes. people that you would – read about and go, oh, I, I know somebody kind of like that. I mean, I want that. That's what I want to achieve is that feeling of, of inventiveness and kind of surprises and new things, but still universal traits and qualities that make readers go, that's somebody I know, and I can recognize that, and I can relate to that person. I can relate to their journey. It's I want it to be relatable, if nothing else. While I also want it to um, perhaps surprise them and and give them new ideas and new thoughts about humanity too. So it's an interesting mix. So that's a nice comment that you made. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I was just, and I say this because I have a brother, I have an older brother and um, he's uh, kind of going through a journey himself. It's not similar to um, Dan's. Well, sort of, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh-huh. it's not the same um, situation. And as right. I was reading, I was like, wow, my brother is kind of going through the same thing, you know, and I was thinking. So I called him up and I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna send you this book. You have to read it. So <laughs> he, he said, I he hope said, he okay, does. okay. I know, I know. And, and, and that's why I love it when – you know, a writer truly takes the time to just build her characters and just, you know, make them seem like they're relatable to people, just as you have said, and that they're somewhat realistic. I love it when writers do that because it, you know, it just pulls a lot of us readers more into the story. And that's the beauty of this storytelling, and I think you've done a great job with telling this story. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that because that is important to me. You know, I mean, every writer has a different goal or a different set of goals when they write something, and just for whoever I am and what my sensibilities are as a person, it's really I really want readers to feel that way. I, that's important to me. So to hear you say that is really great because – um, that is what I'm going for, and I write from the perspective of always looking at deepening the characters and giving them obstacles and surprises and journeys that help, you know, um, display their characteristics and their humanity, because that's part of the, the way that I wish to tell stories. And 
So I'm glad it struck you that way. Um, that's meaningful. Thank you. How do how how do you deal with? Um, you know, um, I know uh, you're out in California, <laughs> out in Hollywood. Um, how do you um, deal with, you know, a lot of the craziness and things out there? Um, do you pull from a lot of those things that you hear about when you are creating a story? You know, does it affect um, any of your storytelling? You know, because when you live out there in such a, um, I don't know, I guess this could be a crazy world, but it could be a very interesting one too. Um, Do you ever kind of say, you know, I think I'm going to write about that? (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because I've been in Los Angeles for for almost my whole life. And to be honest with you, I think that it's not as crazy as people think it is. You know, I raised a child mm-hmm. here. I I raised a child in Hollywood. I mean, that's just yes, and you would be I know. <laughs> oh, but you'd be so surprised because I think the the mischaracterizations and the clichés and stereotypes about Los Angeles have have really created this kind of crazy um uh, stereotype, I guess, is the word. It, it yeah. is so definitely pockets of of Los Angeles and surrounds that are just as insane as everybody hears about. I never mm-hmm. lived in that world. I never hung around that world. Even when I was in music, it was just real musicians, you know, doing their gigs, getting writing songs, making records, raising their families, going to PTA meetings. Um, yeah. You know, there wasn't that that A-list, you know, homes of the rich and famous kind of life is here, but that's a tiny, tiny part of Los Angeles. Yeah. So the world that I know from being here most of my life is is shockingly normal, shockingly normal, with all that's the awesome. same issues um, and and aspects of life that anyone would have anywhere. You know, how to keep your children healthy, how to find the better school oh, for your yeah. kids money to pay your rent, how to get the car fixed tomorrow, how to find the best apartment that you can afford, you know, all those same issues. So, frankly, being here, the only thing that I would say, having come from the Midwest, is that I I think that L.A. is a very eclectic and very creative environment that's filled with every kind of person you can possibly imagine, and there's a tremendous energy here that says you can be anything you want to be. We don't care. You can have whatever color hair, be whatever person, whatever orientation, whatever race, creed, or color. We don't care. Just mm-hmm. go live your life, be good, and, and don't litter. You know, I mean, it's it, it's really yeah. a very free environment. And so for me as a writer, I, I've only borrowed, you know, the, the aspects of my life probably wouldn't have been that different if I'd been living in Chicago. You know, it would have been about yeah. the people that I met and the activities that I did that were related to my creativity, my music or my writing or my photography. I mean, in this book, Dan's a photographer, so I used mm-hmm. a lot of my experience and background in that arena. In my first book, the woman is a writer and a former musician, so I used my experience for that book but none of it was hollywood crazy you know there are people writing those stories but i'm not because i didn't live in that world and i don't have people in my life who lived in that world my world is filled with 
sort of the journeyman artists, you know, small theaters, yeah. small movies, rock and roll bands, um, writing groups, people raising kids while they're trying to keep their little theater going, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slightly different angle of Hollywood than I think the wider yeah. world might have. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, that's the thing about, um, I guess, you know, everywhere else in America, because people see this stuff and they're like, wow, is it really that crazy? But you know what? Yeah, oh, I know. I I heard someone the other day, I think Los Angeles is probably the most misinterpreted and mischaracterized city in the world um, because it's like you only hear about this tiny 1% of it, you know, the celebrities and the crazy people and just crazy stuff, you know. And Mm -hmm. that is percentage of it and the rest of it is just everyday people living their lives you know and and so yeah I think that's true I but I, I don't you think that's true we all have these misconceptions about different parts of the world and then you go there and you're like oh so different it's no different than, than where I'm from <laughs> that's true yeah and I Ooh. think that's why traveling is so good for people because it makes them realize oh, we yes. really all are so much more connected as humanity than we might think that we are, you know? Absolutely. And I think that we, I think that we all are, we just have to see it for what it is and just know that we are people, we are different, but in some way, shape or form, yes, we are connected some type of way. That's right. (laughs) You know, whether it's, you know, through writing, through social media, you know, family, or just meeting somebody, you know, we all are. Um, Lorraine, do you have any other, and I know you're promoting this book, but do you have any other stories that you're working on currently or or, or music? Um, I am already thinking about my next book. I've got a couple of options that, Um, I'm going to mull over in the next month or two to figure out what I want to leap into. Um, But, yeah, I've got a kind of a backlog of stories that I I want to get accomplished. Um, And as far as my music goes, you know, I was just talking to someone about this the other day, is that, you know, you you only have so much time in a day. And it's like sometimes I feel Mm. like between my doing photography, music, and writing, I literally run out of time because then there's also that thing called your personal life, your family life. Yeah. So I'm always trying to find the Yeah, and I miss doing music as much as I used to. I really miss it a lot, and I don't do it enough. So I don't have anything on the boards at the moment with music. Um, there was a, the potential of a, a band situation at the early part of the year that I was hoping would play out, but that hasn't played out yet. It might still um, I've got a couple of writing things that might come up, but it's not a, um, a it, it isn't taking up much of my life because I don't really have time for it to. I have to sort of focus on this other arena I jumped into last year. So I'm kind of giving that my all and trying to balance the other things as more side projects. Unless, you know, and until something changes, you know, I mean, life is like that. You know, yeah. you go down one road and then you might get the opportunity to take a little detour and it leads you in a whole other direction. So, But right now I'm really focused on promoting this book and my previous book, which is not even a year yeah. old. And then, you know, kind of trying to launch that because, you know, as an independent writer, 
it's not that easy. It's you know, it's challenging. Let's put it that way. It's very challenging to promote. Very challenging. The marketplace is very, very, very saturated. There are so many books out there, and of degrees of and of quality and expertise. And so you've got to, you know, figure out how to pull yours out, how to stand out. And you want to do that without badgering people. So it's, you know, you, you have to get creative. And, and I'm still in the process of kind of exploring options of, of how to do that. And, um, you, you know, you know, you're out there in the world promoting yeah. and doing creative. You know what it's like. It's, it's, there's so many of us, and we're all trying to get the attention of interested listeners, readers, whatever, and, and mm-hmm. it's a challenge, and a challenge to do it respectfully and creatively and inventively. So that's kind of what I'm focused on in these next couple of months while I'm starting my third novel. So, Do you have any upcoming book signings in your area? I do, actually. I have one down in Long Beach, California, at a place called Gatsby's Bookstore, and that's on May 28th. So um, I'll have something about that on my book blog, which is afterthesuckerpunch.com, that will be announcing that and giving details for that. And I'd love to get anybody on the web, you know, in the L.A. area, Long Beach area down there yeah. because it's um, it's always important to support independent writers so that, you know, I agree. we keep movement going. Absolutely, absolutely. Where can the listeners keep up with you and what you're doing? Social media, Facebook, um, probably Twitter. Probably in terms, in, in terms of everyday, the, my blog, afterthesuckerpunch.com, is kind of, I call that my, my publishing blog. And so there's a lot on there about the book and stuff. But my website is where everything is. That's just LorraineDevonWilkie.com. And it has links to that blog, my other blog, my Huffington Post page. You know, it, it has links to everything, more than you'd ever want to know about me, actually. So, um <laughs> If people go to my website, they'll be able to get anywhere else they want to go related to my work and my music or my photography or my articles or my books. So that's probably the best place to go. Awesome. Well, Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate you for just talking about your book and and spending some of your time here. And we definitely invite you back. For your well, that would be for wonderful. your other book, <laughs> for your other book, we definitely invite you back on the show whenever you're ready. So thank you so much for spending some of your time with us. Well, thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate your questions and your interest in what I'm doing. So you have a good weekend. You too. All right. Thanks a lot. Mhm. Bye bye. All right, everybody, that was author Lorraine Devon Wilkie talking about her book, Hysterical Love. Go out and get it. It's on Amazon, wherever books are sold, in your, in your local bookstores. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, everybody. I'm serious. It's so real. That's all I can say. It's real. It's real. It's real. Even though it's fiction, a lot of, a lot of the characters – are you know you may know someone that is similar to the characters, and that's what's so great about this book, Hysterical Love. So thanks to Miss Lorraine Devon Wilkie, Wilkie <laughs> author of After the Sucker Punch. Um, her CD is titled Somewhere on the Way. Um, her blog is titled Rock Paper Music. Lord, she has a lot going on, everybody. But you know what? Support her. Get down to Long Beach. Um, 
get uh, get the book, get it signed, meet her because look, we're all in this together. We're all independent. Uh, our writers trying to find our way. We're all trying. We're all just trying to, you know, get our thing going on here. And, um, you know, you guys, we got to support each other. So with that being said, this is your girl, the Literary Diva Blog Talk Radio. This has been another very interesting interview with the one and only musician, screenplay writer, and author, Lorraine Devon Wilkie. Thank you so much, and God bless you guys.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.